The following is a presentation of the Center for Dermatology, Cosmetic, and Laser Surgery in Mount Kisco. Recapture your youthful look with Dr. David Bank. Visit thecenterforderm.com. You'll be happy you did. Welcome to the Health and Happiness Show with Casey. This is a weekly presentation with guests, ideas, information, and fun designed to improve your life from 100.7 WHUD. Hi, it's Casey, and we are gathered here today to shine on. You're going to meet a young man from Westchester who may be our senator from New York one day. He's preparing to travel across the country doing good for many, and we can help him out with that. And we'll also talk to spiritual astrologer Dimitra Vasiliadis. She is a lover of a senator from Illinois who became president, Abraham Lincoln. She's bringing her compelling show to Cold Spring on Lincoln's birthday, February 12th. Why does she love Lincoln? It's the Tootsie Roll of greatness and goodness rolled in a single package. History is littered with great men, brilliant men, you know, people who were genius in many different ways. But when you combine genius and true brilliance, intellectual brilliance, with an incredible goodness, that you don't see too often. And that kind of is stunning and takes one's breath away. More from Demetra talking about the ways Lincoln loved coming up, along with your invitation to join her February 12th at the Hudson House in Cold Spring for her presentation all about Abe Lincoln. First, meet perhaps a future senator, Marcos Jimenez, a political science major from Hunter College who has had a dream in his heart since high school to maybe be senator one day. He's currently an intern with Assemblywoman Sandra Galef, a great example of public service. And Marcos is well-trained in service, too, from his part-time job at Cole's Market in Montrose. Marcos, when you finish the semester at Hunter College, you're taking a bicycle trek for how many miles? Uh, a little over 4,000 miles from uh, Baltimore, San Francisco. And you're doing this to raise money for? The Almond Cancer Fund for Young Adults. And how did you find out about this? I found out about it uh, over Facebook and Instagram. It kept coming up as like a sponsored link on both uh, social medias. And I kept hesitating because like 4,000 miles, that's insane. I haven't even driven 4,000 miles on my car yet, you know? So it was like, holy, I don't know. I don't know if I could do that. So I finally, I finally bit the bullet, though, on uh, January, and I just I want to challenge myself and raise the money and help people and ride my bike at the same time. Wow. Now, I understand you come from a long line of athletes. Tell me about your family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my dad, he played basketball and uh, baseball throughout his younger life. And my grandfather, actually, he's in the Hall of Fame in uh, Dominican Republic for baseball and for track, actually. And then my brother, he played football throughout his years in college. Like, he went to Division Three. He was an All-American. He's a all you can be in football. And I followed their footsteps in all those sports. I even played soccer, too, but I never really felt completely in, in on it and didn't really like him completely. This is the first cycling, the first real sport that I can call my own. No one in my family does it. I, I researched it. I did all my own thing for it. So it's, it's exciting to finally have something that I can grasp and say, this is mine. I started this in my family, at least. I like it. We're talking to Marcos Jimenez, a political science human rights major at Hunter College, who is about to take a long bicycle ride for charity, 4,000 miles. Now, do they train you for this, or do you train on your own? Uh, I train on my own, but they have recommendations. So they say by May 15th, you should clock in about 500 miles, and um, you should have at least one 50-mile ride and one 70-mile ride. I personally, before the ride ever started, I even knew about it, I would do 50 miles, at least 50 miles a week. So if I stick to that plan, I'll have about 900 miles by May 15th. So I'm just 
I'm sticking to my plan, and then I'll add in the longer rides when the weather gets warmer outside. So you're going to start in Maryland. You're going to end in San Francisco. Yeah. Do you camp out overnight? Where do they put you at night? They have they have uh, directors and leg leaders in charge of sections of the entire <clears throat> of the entire ride, and they're the ones in charge of finding um, churches or sponsors along the way in each town that we go through to house us, to feed us, and all that. Like they they provide everything except for a sleeping bag. We got to bring our sleeping bag. <laughs> you got to bring a sleeping bag, and you got to get yourself to Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah. Are you nervous at all? Yes, very nervous, but I'm excited at the same time. I haven't done something this exciting ever. It's pretty intense. How long will you be out on the road? Each day, it's going to be anywhere between 60 to 90 miles. So I'm assuming about five to six hours tops. For how many days? Uh, 70 days. So a little over 70 days. A little over 70 days. And what happens at the end? Big celebration? Yeah, we cross the Golden Gate Bridge and we ride into San Francisco and going to be, uh, hopefully my, my parents will be there and my girlfriend too to welcome me to San Fran and we get to keep our bikes. And yeah, What do you mean you get to keep your bikes? They give us uh, a bike for the ride, oh. which is really cool. Yeah, I'll be getting that in about two weeks. You have to get a bike from the organization, and that's the bike you're going to ride. Why do they do that? I believe they to keep all the bikes the same just so it's easier to maintain them on the way. Because, right. like, I, I know I have a weird bike right now that I know not too many people, and at least New York have, just because it has disc brakes, so it makes it, things a little more complicated for mechanics on the way. All right. So, yeah. So this way, if everybody's on the same kind of bike, if there's a breakdown, the organization will have the right supplies on hand to help you out and get you back on the road. Exactly. Now, what do you know about the charity you're riding for? They, they stick mainly to young adult cancers, and they don't do research. They, they provide scholarships for families and for individuals that are just try, that are, you know, fighting cancer, which is just a terrible thing, obviously. Everyone's been touched by cancer in some shape or form. And they attempt to just alleviate the the pain of paying for medical bills and just normal bills at home when you're unable to work and whatnot. Right, right. That's what they deal with specifically. It started with John Hopkins University, this ride, back in like 2002. It evolved and expanded. Like it started with only one ride, one bike ride across America. Now it's four runs across America and four bike rides across America. Right. Well, whatever it takes to raise money for such a great cause. Now, you have to come up with some money to participate in this. How much? Yes, $4,500 is our minimum. So each rider has to bring in at least $4,500. Yep. How are you doing in your fundraising so far? Well, I started late, so I'm not, I'm, I'm in shape for where I need to be, but, you know, it could always be better. Okay. Um, my family has been uh, donating. I have a little donation uh, cans in uh, Cole's Market where I work and at uh, Montrose Deli, so I've been getting some money from that. That's been pretty successful. But, uh, yeah, just waiting for other people, the local community, to sponsor me. Is there a website? Do you have your own link that we can donate, a page we can donate on? Yep, I do. It's called uh, 4kforcancer.org forward slash profiles forward slash Marcos dash Jimenez. So when you get out of Hunter College with your political science human rights degree, what next? Um, hopefully something in uh, the state government. I, I really enjoy working for Sandy right now, interning for Sandy right now. It's been really exciting and learning how the state government works. Everyone, you know, concentrates on the presidential race, but the important race to the local races, like your congresswoman, man, and your senators. 
people don't realize how they're the ones with the power, not the president. So it's very interesting to be on the local level to see how that how they really work on stuff. Because I've been because Sandy right now she's in her election year as well. So it's been a very interesting year so far. Yeah, it has. Could we call you Senator Jimenez one day? Hopefully, that's my dream. I have a little. Uh, political idea book that I have that the first thing I wrote, one day I'll be the senator of the United States, but, you know, I don't know. When did you write that dream down? Uh, that was junior year of high school. Wow. That's when the thoughts of politics came into my head. All right. Well, we're going to keep our eye on you, but right now we have to get you from Baltimore to San Francisco, California. Yes, ma'am. And then back home to New York so you can run for senator one day. Hopefully. He truly is a remarkable young man. Marcos Jimenez, a Hunter College student who may be your senator one day. Would you please vote for him now by pledging a few dollars for his cancer ride? Find the link at caseyradio.com. Coming up next, spiritual astrologer Dimitra Vasiliadis talks about one former senator from Illinois who became president, the great Aquarian, Abraham Lincoln. Join Demetra at Hudson House in Cold Spring for a night called Learning to Love Like Lincoln on his birthday, February 12th. All the details are on the way. This is the Health and Happiness Show with Casey on 100.7 WHUD. If you have a question or need more information about things you've heard on the show, email kcradio at gmail.com. The Health and Happiness Show. Information, fun, and inspiration. Do you want to know what you can do right now to improve your life? First, start thinking about what's right, not what's wrong. Whatever you focus on expands, so focus on the good stuff. Second, before bed, think of five successful things you've done that day, no matter how minor they might seem. Third, forgive yourself. We all make mistakes. Acknowledge any errors and move on. Four, make at least one decision based on how it makes you feel. Most of us have learned to tune out our intuition and focus only on the rational mind. Your feelings often lead you in the best direction. Fifth, act as if you're living the life you want with conviction and certainty. Live as if everything is all right. You'll be amazed at how life shifts to accommodate this new view. Sixth, speak well of other people, especially the prosperous, healthy, and beautiful. Don't gossip or complain. Your words have more power than you know, so be kind. You'll see the benefits almost immediately. And finally, let someone do something for you. You know how good it feels to be thanked for something you've done. Give someone else the chance. Just say thank you and mean it. Follow these simple guidelines and I promise your life will begin to improve right now. You can find out more about improving your life or developing certain skills by visiting www.liveandlearnguides.com. Do your hands need a beauty makeover? Hands have always been a sign of elegance. And even if you have a youthful facial appearance, hands don't lie. Now there is an easy solution for aging hands. Radius is the first and only FDA-approved product to correct volume loss on your hands. Radius restores beauty by filling out that hollow look to the back of your hands, leaving them looking smooth and natural. Results can be seen immediately. Lidocaine is added to the Radius, making this a virtually painless procedure. In less time than it takes for lunch, the results of Radius hand lift treatment will make your hands soft and supple again. The procedure is safe and can last up to 15 months. Call today and schedule your hand lift consultation with Dr. David Bank. Dr. David Bank at the Center for Dermatology, Cosmetic and Laser Surgery in Mount Kisco. 914-241-3003. You'll find out more at the centerforderm.com. 
Hi, it's Holly Shelowitz with your nourishing wisdom. What's for breakfast? A nourishing breakfast will sustain your body, nourish your brain, keep blood sugar levels balanced, and your mood steady. Here is one of my go-to breakfasts. I call it forget about them eggs. This dish cooks while you're getting dressed and getting ready in the morning. Just melt a tablespoon of butter, coconut oil, or olive oil in a pan over medium heat. Add two chopped scallions or a quarter of a chopped onion with five slices of zucchini and a pinch of sea salt. Saute five minutes and then crack two eggs on top. Add another pinch of salt and some fresh ground pepper and cover. Allow to cook seven minutes or until the eggs are cooked to your liking. For this recipe and many others, visit nourishingwisdom.com. I'm Holly with your nourishing wisdom. Blessings on your day. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you for tuning in to Shine On, the health and happiness show. You can catch the podcast anytime at caseyradio.com. Now we welcome back Demetra Vasiliadis, the spiritual astrologer. She's also a bit of an expert when it comes to Abraham Lincoln. He's her big crush. She calls him Abe the Babe and has read nearly everything written about the man. She'll present a one-woman show of sorts at the Hudson House in Cold Spring on Abe's birthday, February 12th. I will see you there, and you can get your tickets at caseyradio.com. So, Demetra, what is it that makes you love Abe so? It's the Tootsie Roll of greatness and goodness rolled in a single package. History is littered with great men, brilliant men, you know, people who were genius in many different ways. But when you combine genius and true brilliance, intellectual brilliance, with an incredible goodness, that you don't see too often. And that kind of is stunning and takes one's breath away. Paradoxically, what's been lost in the patina of his myth is actually how incredibly smart he was. Like in any room, rest assured, he was the smartest man in that room. So when we talk about the ways we can love Lincoln, I don't know if any of us will ever reach the heights that you've reached in loving Lincoln. (laughs) But when we talk about the ways to love Lincoln, you say there are three major ways. Let's talk about that. Well, the Greeks uh, defined, and I'm half Greek, half Irish, but the Greeks defined love in three ways. They had eros, romantic erotic love, philotis, which is kind of the Aquarian friendship love of human being and friend to friend. And the final one was um, agapi, uh, which is in sort of the, the Greek definition, that's the love, that the unconditional love that God has for humanity, so to speak. That's the transcendental love. And I think the reason that, that we love Lincoln, and people love Lincoln, they don't even know why they love Lincoln. I mean, that was me in the beginning. You just kind of gravitated to this homely good soul that was enshrined everywhere on the penny in Washington. He was an extremely loving person. And I actually believe on an energetic level, we feel that love. It was so extraordinary and so great that it echoes down through the centuries. And we can feel it. We feel this man's energy field. And we certainly feel the ripples of his extraordinary achievement that we are still feeling the benefit of and generations will. I mean, that will never end. That he was so beloved. When he died, the funeral procession was beyond anything the country had ever seen. 
Did he have any close friends? Yes. I mean, Lincoln was an Aquarius, and we're going to talk about that because I am an astrologer. And part of the evening is going to be how can we learn to love in the way that Lincoln did to propel us into this age of friendship and fellowship. Lincoln had friends wherever he went, and he kept his old and good friends. Like Herndon was his law partner who knew Lincoln better than anyone. And actually, when he died and the apotheosis of Lincoln began, he started trying to rebut the mythology and explain, no, this was a human being with flaws and flesh and blood. And and yet it's the myth almost closely follows the reality. So he had Herndon. He would make friends everywhere he went. Lincoln was followed by the sound of laughter, goodwill, and friendship everywhere. Um, he had friends like the Clary Grove boys were these hard-wrestling, mud-throwing, really big, muscular guys. And he wrestled them, and they became his friends forever. And what about his love life? Well, his love life is interesting. He was shy. He was awkward. He had lost his mom at nine. And he was also, by all accounts, extremely homely. Like, there's a quote that I wrote in preparation for this very interview, and then we'll get immediately back to his love life. But this is like Senator McClure goes to his house to discuss with him the upcoming issues of the day. And I forget exactly at which point in history this was. And this is a common reaction to, the, to Abe the Babe. Um, he, he opens the door, and there's Lincoln, ill-dressed, hair standing up on edge. I mean, he was our first grunge president, like really homely, could not manage grooming correctly. His clothes never fit him right. His wrists showed too much. His shin bones, his, his feet, like his pant leg didn't touch his shoes. And then McClure is just horrified, but is invited in, and they sit and begin to talk. And then he said, you know, after an hour time with this man, I forgot all the grotesque, and that's a very powerful word, grotesque. And this is somebody who likes Lincoln. I forgot all the grotesque qualities which so confounded me when I first greeted him. Before half an hour had passed, I learned not only to respect, but indeed to reverence the man. It's not surprising to me that Abraham Lincoln didn't ever learn how to, you know, dress well. First of all, he was much taller than the average human at the time. And secondly, he basically raised himself, didn't he? He did. I mean, that's what's remarkable to me on a soul level. I mean, there are many of us, you know, and this is the age of therapy and healing and, you know, yes, trauma and all of these things played terrible parts in people's lives. And that's, in fact, one of the things Lincoln wanted to fight about, the effects of the brutality of slavery and even poverty. But when we think about where he came from and that this soul was able to rise, and not only rise, but to set his intention. I mean, we, we do intention setting every new moon. Here's this guy's intention. I have no other ambition so great as that of being truly esteemed by my fellow men by rendering my Myself worthy of their esteem. A man who grew up in poverty and basically orphaned. But we started off talking about his marriage, and you said it right. was complicated. What's even more complicated was his dating life. He was awkward. He he did, and he said, you know, I have like he's writing back with the, and forth with this woman that he, you know, really was trying to court at the time. And he said, I want in all cases with women to do the right thing, and with you in particular. And that one didn't work out. Then there was Aunt Rutledge who died, who he really loved. I believe she died of the milk disease that took his mother and um, so he's just riddled with you know loss and even romantically then he meets Mary Todd and he does sort of promise to marry her 
And then just as he has promised to marry her, he meets this beautiful young woman, Matilda Edwards, the beautiful 18-year-old, and something develops there. And he really falls for her and falls hard, but he has pledged himself to marry Todd. And this is sort of what I find remarkable on the Eros front, that he put his sense of honor before those incredibly strong feelings that pull one to another. Probably by then he had maybe realized that Mary Todd was not going to be a walk in the park, that this was a very high-maintenance lady, although brilliant in her own way, and I won't put her down because she's a hero, too, in a lot of ways. But check out this quote, because he's, he's tortured by this decision that he has to make between these two women. Who knows exactly what happened, but one can infer from reading this that he had written to a dear friend. Before I resolve to do one thing or the other, I must regain my confidence in my own ability to keep my results once they are made. In that ability, you know... I once prided myself as the only or at least the chief gem of my character. That gem I lost, how and when you too well know. I have not yet regained it, and until I do, I cannot trust myself in any matter of much importance. Like, here we are in this age of real rampant self-seeking. You know, we want to find our own happiness. And I mean, I think it's an okay thing to want to be happily mated in one's marriage. That's one of the biggest decisions you will make in your life. And it can be utterly disastrous if you make it wrong. And here's Lincoln saying, what's more important is that I keep my word and that I'm keep my sense of honor and do what I resolve to do. What I have learned from listening to you talk about Lincoln is he is a man that knew his own mind very well. Very, very well. And he was guided by principle. I think the reason that we love him is that I think his overarching concern was the long-term welfare of humanity and especially this country. And in everything that he did with very few exceptions. You know, and the Native American exception is one of them. I mean, he was in the Black Hawk Wars. His grandfather was killed by a Native American and caused the extreme. That death uh, caused the poverty that he lived in all his life. And yet he didn't show malice, although he was responsible for the hanging of something like 42 Native Americans. He was, what was put on his desk was something like 350 to be hanged in this, you know, war. And he sat and read each one individually and got that number down to 40-something. I don't think many other presidents would have done that, but I can certainly understand the resentment that Native America would have for him and every other president of the United States. But I think his overarching concern was for everyone's welfare, including the South. He was extremely non-malicious toward the South. And even in his final inaugural address, I mean, the famous words are, with malice for none, with charity for all, let us bind up the wounds of the nation. I mean, I don't have it perfectly memorized, but I mean, that right there is an extraordinary statement given what had just occurred. And would that be an example of his agape love? That would be it. I mean, I think that would be it. And also just his reminders to not judge the South. His extreme, almost compulsive pardoning of people, of soldiers. His walking through Confederate hospitals. There's one account where he, you know, he's, you know, reviewing the troops and there's a a hospital that has the Confederate wounded and he asks to go in. 
and there's a boy who's like, you know, close to death, and he goes and sits by him and holds his hand, and he says, do you know who I am, son? And the, the boy is like nodding yes, and he said, it's wrong that we should be enemies, you know, we, sh- we, we should be friends. You know, many on the southern side were watching him and knew that somebody extraordinary was at the helm. He was never, ever inciting vengeance, ever. In fact, always the opposite. And that's the universal love. So, and that's extraordinary, given what had just occurred in the country, like the bloodletting that had just happened that this man was saying malice for none. Fall in love with Lincoln, like spiritual astrologer Dimitra Vasiliadis. Join us at the Hudson House in Cold Spring on Friday, February 12th at 7. Tickets at caseyradio.com. And save the date for our day of health and happiness, March 13th in Beacon. Looking forward to seeing you there and soon. Have a great week. You've been listening to The Health and Happiness Show with Casey. The content of The Health and Happiness Show is intended for general information purposes only. The Health and Happiness Show is a presentation of the Center for Dermatology, Cosmetic, and Laser Surgery in Mount Kisco. Recapture your youthful look with Dr. David Bank. Visit thecenterforderm.com. You'll be happy you did. You can listen to previously broadcast shows online at kcradio.com. And join Casey for another edition of The Health and Happiness Show next Sunday morning on 100.7 WHUD.